everyone. Uh, my name is Paul. I'm an alcoholic. This isn't a regular AA meeting. I really don't know what it is, but uh, I'll just speak about recovery. I think I, uh, I gave it my best shot last night, and then so it's hard to come in. And, but once again, usually I never know what I'm going to say, and I just rely on what I've been taught to rely on in this program, and it seems to come through. And I had a very incredible experience when I first got sober. Uh, I got sober in 1988. In 91, these people asked me if I would start doing a four-step workshop in a, like a, it's not like a, it wasn't like an Alano club, but all they had was meetings. It was a place called the Dry Dock in San Francisco on uh, Greenwich and, uh, and Fillmore famous place. A lot of people come from other places there. So I started to have this opportunity to, to uh, share the fourth step with people. First, it was more like uh, walking around like a study hall, you know, what, you know, writing. But then I had, uh, the first year when I was in AA, I had gone to a meeting and two people shared about being at this event, and they were both pretty bright, yeah? And I wanted what they were demonstrating. And I, and I asked them, and they had been at a place called Joe and Charlie, you ever hear of them? Uh, I would really recommend their, their, that four-day thing. I guess they have recordings of it now. Joe and Charlie. And then a couple, about a month or two later, I was at a meeting and they had an application for the next one, which was every September in Sacramento, California. I was living in San Francisco. So I grabbed it and I signed up and I went by myself. My girlfriend was going to go and she canceled. And we, I went by myself and there was like 600 people there, quite enthusiastic about the steps, which isn't what you always meet at meetings, yeah? And uh, very, very gung-ho. They had, couldn't have all the people in the room itself. They had a video room. And I went there, and I was listening to these guys, and when they, I think they did the fourth step on Saturday morning, and I had supposedly done a fourth step, but I missed something really important. I couldn't make the connection with the first column and the fourth column. I it wasn't seeing my role in things. And I think this is the first big shift in recovery, mm -hmm. is when you're moved out of a an extremely self-centered view, which is really ripe with blame and rationalization and excuses, yeah, because you're not seeing your role. And then you finally see your role in things by doing an inventory, yeah, which is the fourth column aspect. I was missing it. You know, I could write down who I felt screwed with me, what they did. But then I got lost. So they explained it really simply. And I, was, I got it. So I ran back to my room and I did a fourth step because I had an understanding. I could see it. And then those things that they say in the book, whereas, you know, people may step on your toes, but if you look into it, you will invariably find you made a decision based on self that puts you in position to be hurt. And then I would see pictures of situations, sort of like when I was like, in, let's say, in a work camp. Yeah, so maybe I did something like try to. I'm not saying I did, but I, I tried to maybe rob a liquor store, and I got caught. And then you would go to a place where you were outside a lot, and some of the people rode horses to check out what you were doing, and some guy would like 
fucking spit on me or something like that, and I'd be super pissed, like, I don't deserve this, but then I'd look, hey, I made a decision based on self, robbing that liquor store that put me in this position to be hurt. So I'm starting to see what you need to see if you knew. Yeah, if you don't see it, if you stay here, you will. You, we need to see our role in things. It's one of the first big movements of that, that thing of statement of perhaps there's a better way, trusting something infinite rather than a finite self. That's one of the first big waves coming out of trusting some, that's something that's finite self, which is your thought system, yeah? So now you see the first wave. So I heard these guys and I saw my role, you know, hit me. And so I went back, did an inventory and stuff like that, and then all these statements became very clear, very clear about, uh, you know, any life run on self-will can hardly be a success and all this. And I remember when they said this thing, because in my first year I had a place, no, it's actually my sixth year, I had an apartment in Haight-Ashbury, pretty nice place, and my roommate moved out, and I thought it wasn't going to be any trouble to get a roommate, but I couldn't find a roommate. And it was coming up for the next month, and I was afraid I wouldn't have enough money to pay for it. So I met this guy named Paul, another guy. I didn't really like him, you know, but he was in like a recovery program, and he was just coming out, and he needed a place. So because the fear that I wasn't going to be taken care of, I went against this feeling, this guy, you know, is not too cool. And I got him in there. And then, uh, you know, the rush of, oh, I dealt with that, you know, you get that mental rush, oh, but then he moves in, and he met, he had one of those love affairs in the rehab, and she came out, and she started calling him, but he didn't have a phone, so she had to call the, the landline, and I answered, and she, you know, where's Paul there, and da, 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 and they're going on, and then suddenly they both went out together, yeah, and so I went into his room, and there's all these little small vodka bottles. And then he's, I don't know where it is, and I'm getting calls from her like two in the morning, drunk. Where's Paul? <laughs> I don't know where Paul is. And I'm starting to feel really put upon, but I made a decision out of fear that put me in this freaking position, yes? This is, I wasn't seeing this before. I'm now seeing it. This is what happens. AA will bring some light into your life, yeah? So maybe you'll be able to see. It's sort of like if we were here and the lights were out, I wouldn't know how to go. I wouldn't even know where the bathroom was. Yeah. So I'd, And if, if I got up, I'd probably run into you, and then I'd have to make an apology and all this shit. So there I am in the dark. I need to get to the bathroom. So then some guy in the dark says, hey, I have a map to the bathroom, five bucks or shit like that. Or I can rent my flashlight for two minutes. And, oh, you know, and so, or they sell me knee pads. So when I hit some, you know, it doesn't hurt when I fall over the chair. And I'm trying to navigate to get to the bathroom, but all I need is the light on. If the light on the, in the room was on, I could see where everyone was. I wouldn't have to go through all this strategy. I could just see and get to the bathroom. So this is it. Even though we're, we have eyes to see, we're somewhat blind Yeah, with the disease of alcoholism. We can't see past our nose in most cases. Yeah. So, so what happened is this continued, and then I get a call from him. 
and it sounded like he was in a cavern of hell, right? He was back with this lady at her house in the East Bay. I could hear it, like, I could hear a screaming, in the back, and he says, hey, will you come and help me? And I said, and first I learned a big thing there. If you go on a 12-step call, you should go with another person. It's very important. But, of course, I decide, fuck it, I'll drive there. So I, I drive there. And this is all based on this decision I made. I drive over there, and it, the door's open, but they're way in the back room. It's really like hell, almost. And I, I call in, Paul, come on out. And then after about 10 minutes, he shows up, but with only one shoe. And I said, you gotta get the other shoe, bro. And I you know, put a rope on him, throw him in there, but I'm not going in. No way. So I'm waiting out there. I finally get him. I take him to the detox. Yeah, The famous one in San Francisco was like the lowest rung called Azanam. I, and, and they accept you if you're drunk, so we knocked on the door, put him in, and then I never heard from him again, ever, yeah? And then a couple of months later, some lady calls me and says, is this Paul? And I said, yeah, but she's looking for another Paul. And I said, and she says, oh, can you get a message to that? I said, I haven't seen that guy in a long time. She says, well, I want him to know that Kathy died, yes? So she overdosed. And I probably what happened to him. So all this stuff happened just because I made a decision based on self. Yeah, that put me in a position of hurt. And then I forget that I made that decision. And then while I'm seemingly getting hurt, I think you're fucking doing it. And I, I'm like Willie White. I'm completely innocent. Yeah? But in fact, I have a huge role. And if invariably means it's going to always pan out if you look back that you made a decision based on self. You did not make a decision based on you. You made a decision based on self. Yeah, I would say a decision based on you would be sort of like a spiritual idea. And a decision based on self is a mental idea. And the mental idea is where the problem resides. Yeah, Alcoholism, they say, the problem resides in the mind. And if you want to narrow it down, where in the mind is it? You know, it's in the thought system, obviously. It's in the broadcast system. It's in K-Paul. It's a propaganda station. Yeah? It is. Definitely. And it wants to lead us to a point, which I call fuck it. And if it leads us to fuck it, you're apt to do almost anything. Yeah? And then, you know, things may be bad, but if you drink and use, they're going to get a lot worse. Yeah, and then you're gonna end up here, and then end up here, and then you'll be at another place, which is here, yeah? And then on and on and on and on and on, because we're missing the basic facts of our role in things. We're missing the fact that we're not managerial quality. We still think we have gain, yeah? And this fact is either life's gonna kick it out of you. See, there's two being dones here as an addict. Everyone who's living is going to be done one day. You're going to die. But hopefully we'll be done before we're done. Yeah? Hopefully we get sober and clean so we at least can have a life before we're done. So the whole point is to reach that done maybe as soon as possible. Yeah? So that that life can start... Oh, you know... Mm. <laughs> The smallest little joys, they've all been taken up from us. The smallest little joy has been taken from us. The smallest little ones.
You know, when you have to, I don't have kids, but I've been with women who did. And when their kids look at them, you know, and there's such a disappointment in those little kids' eyes, it's unbearable. And my girlfriend now is in, 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 she's not in recovery, and she has four kids, and she had a strong, strong opinion that uh, mothers would never fucking abandon their kids. And I said, well, I've seen it tons of times. And I, she said, no freaking way. A mother would never abandon their child. I said, well, come to some meetings and you're going to hear about it. You're going to hear about it. And now she understands that she thinks she thought there was willpower involved and there is no willpower. When the parasite takes us over, all those loves and responsibilities and loyalties are just gone, man, you know. I just don't see how we can just be so uh, nonchalant and carefree. Like a lot of people, I've been coming here 10 years, a lot of people that have been in here are probably fucked. Yeah, no, you know, passed away, dead, whatever, or worse, you know, maybe dead would be better, really. I mean, it's an incredible, and it's, a, it's, more, it's really like a parasitical movement. It takes over the hosts. And it's pretty damn strong because if you have cancer, you would never think you are cancer. Yeah? You wouldn't. There would be a sense, I have this deadly disease called cancer, but you wouldn't be calling it you. Yeah? Like one of its symptoms wouldn't be taking it to be you, which is a symptom of alcoholism. Alcoholism convinces us that it's us, really. <laughs> it's, an ama it's amazing. And you can't take an x-ray of alcoholism. You're not going to see it. It's not even a parasite like an, an, an animal parasite because there's no, you won't see a pathogen. It's a mental thing, yeah? It's almost like a non-bodied parasite and then it embodies us, yeah? It finds fulfillment in a weird way with us because now it has an action figure that, that can fucking stir up some shit. Yeah. And you know, and it does. And it's, it's like, uh, you know, <laughs> it can be pretty flamboyant. <laughs> Throwing your brush around, painting an incredible, shaking, you know, thing. So, and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't ease up. It doesn't. It's, you can't, you can't fucking make sense to it. It's a parasite. You're not going to domesticate it. It's not going to become friendly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, you know, oh, I'll take you out for a walk. And then, no, it's going to bite you in the ass, you know? And if you don't think so, you're going to know so if you have addiction and alcoholism. There's no one that's exempt. If you've got alcoholism, you're going to end up where people with untreated alcoholism end up. Yeah, you are. You're going to be alone and right somewhere. Yeah, you're going to feel so right about why you're so alone. Yeah, you'll be special in that terminal uniqueness. And it's killing you, really. It's killing you. And uh, so all this stuff I've just been seeing because I'm observant in a way. <laughs> I can't help it, you know. 
I just look at things and I see patterns and I see I've seen this disease and it's 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 the act of being identified as what is talking to you you wouldn't take Stanley's advice that seriously you wouldn't unless you were Stanley yeah but you're taking your own advice unbelievably even though that GPS has failed us, we keep renewing the subscription. You know, I was at a place, and you don't think where there's faith in that. I was, I, I was doing a talk in Massachusetts. I drove up in this beautiful rural area, and it was sort of like eleven o'clock, and there was this little commotion at a railroad track crossing, and so we all had to stop. There was lights there, and they had a big tow truck. And uh, the cop came over, and we say, hey, what's happening? And he says, oh, this lady was listening to her GPS, and she turned on the tracks. And she drove about 15 yards, even though hearing this, <laughs> the thing was saying, your destination is 50 yards. To, you know, she drove so far up, they had to get a fucking special tow truck to pull it off. <laughs> you don't think we're listening to a GPS like that? <laughs> There's no difference. We have a total faith in an unreliable system. And if you don't think it's unreliable, let's say if I had a furniture store and you ordered a couch, yeah, and I delivered that couch the day I said, in the condition I said, at the price I said, yes? Would I need any excuses, rationalization, or blame? No, I just deliver the goods, yeah? But what, hap what happens when a system doesn't deliver the goods? What is it full of? Excuses, rationalization, and blame. It sounds like our heads, yeah? I see it, yes? It tries to rationalize shit, tries to excuse itself, it tries to definitely blame others, completely, yeah? This is a, a sign of a failed system, and the program describes it. It says, why are you in so much fear today? Is it because self-reliance has failed us? Yeah. He just, he just diagnosed the whole dilemma. Because most people talk about fear as the big cause. But what causes fear is self-reliance. If you follow Bill W's statement, he says, why are you in so much fear today? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? So self-reliance is the petri dish where fear grows yes so if you want to get out of fear look at the self-reliance and if you don't think there's self-reliance if you're taking to be what you're relying on that's an extreme level of self-reliance if the alcoholism is seen more as you than you that's an incredible self-reliance and it has failed us it's a failed system the maps suck I remember I used to listen to it. I just wanted to have some fun. So I'd punch in, hey, I'd like to have some fun tonight. So I'd say, all right, go to the bar, which was all right. Have a couple of beers, okay. Hey, look around the room. Is anyone selling Coke? Yeah, buy some Coke. Oh, I think I want to meet a girl. Go to a club. Hey, hoping to meet a girl. Get intervened by police. What? <laughs> now I'm in jail. I wait. They release me the next morning. The same thing. I do the same thing the next night or maybe two nights later. And then I end up in jail and I'm fucking surprised. Like, what the hell? How did this happen? Well, I did the exact same thing over and over again. So, and if, I don't know if you're... 
if you're this type, when I drank, I have a, a you know magnetic appeal to people in uniform. I, I really do. A dog whistle goes out, and I mean, anyone in uniform immediately is on the alert, because I got arrested in unbelievable ways. It couldn't have happened, really, how I got arrested. And if I was drinking... Like early afternoon, I'd be definitely arrested by five. <laughs> when I had cover of night, it could extend longer. <laughs> if I was out in public, fucking I was in jail by four or five. <laughs> it's funny now. It wasn't funny. Have you ever been interrupted on a coke run? Oh, man. And then you're in jail. <laughs> That's not a good place to come down. No, it's hellish, very hellish, extremely hellish. But what motivates us to keep doing it? Not you. That which is driving you. That which is driving you gets off on its own fuel, yet it can't shoot coke. It doesn't have an arm or, or a hand. It can't drink the fuel. It has to have us do it. Yeah? And it has an incredible chore because we should have learned better a long time ago. Yet it keeps overriding any kind of mental wisdom and we keep doing the same thing. Because we're overmatched. We're outmatched. The dilemma is powerlessness. The dilemma is powerlessness. And why it's a dilemma is we, we still think we have power. That's the dilemma of it. There's no dilemma in powerlessness if you admit it. Actually, if you admit it, that's power. Yeah? It's when you're not admitting powerlessness, you're going to experience powerlessness. You're going to experience frustration. You're going to experience no one's fucking doing what I want. All this stuff. But when you admit it, there's power. That's the... That's the... What... The mental state would see as paradoxical. That's how mind works. That's how spirit works. Yeah. By admitting the powerlessness, you are now infused with power. Yeah. By surrendering, yes, then you're open up to all new possibilities. And I don't mean surrendering like a deal, like I surrender this over to you. Hey, give it back to me. No, I mean you will become convinced of a couple of things. One is you're not managerial quality. The other thing is you're powerless over alcohol and drugs. Yeah? And I believe the unmanageability is actually first. Because I believe my drinking was how I was trying to manage alcoholism. I had an extreme sense of self-centeredness that weighed on the negative side. There was a deep sense of being wrong somehow without having anything I ever did to be that wrong. Yeah? And that 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 urge caused me to look for something to get relief, and I found alcohol. So my first solution to alcoholism was alcohol. Yes? It's this whole point is the unmanageability. And if you keep trying to manage yourself out of it, like I, what happens with me when I manage my own life, I, it always leads me to having to be managed by other people. That's how it goes. If I'm out there on my own, I last, at the end, I lasted maybe a week, a week or two, really. Something would, somebody would intervene and put a stop to whatever I was doing. And they would put me somewhere, either in jail 
or a fucking detox or something. Like when you're a little baby, a little kid, a little time out. <laughs> I'm always having these little authoritarian timeouts. So maybe I could get redirected, but no, it's the same old, same old. Yeah. I know what it's like to be fucking driven to hell. I do, because I went there. I went there. I remember I told, you know, I got run over while I was loaded. And I was hoping to get a big payday. And I used to use it a lot to try to get cocaine from it to me. Obviously, who wouldn't? It's a perfect thing. Look at this leg. I'm going to get a big payday. Give me a, it was like Wimpy in the hamburger. I'm going to pay you Tuesday for a hamburger. And a number of people would front me a lot of, not a lot of coke, because they knew better, but enough. <laughs> but to make myself feel a little better while I was doing that, I said to myself, I'm going to give my mother money when I get some of this money because my mother's poor, and everything like this. And it was a way of trying to make me feel all right by, around what I was doing, one of my other failed strategies. This went on for freaking years. Finally, the money came, but it wasn't anything. It was like $35,000. And they wouldn't even give it to me, knowing me, they wouldn't <laughs> give it to me at one time. I could get 7000 <laughs> At the end, I couldn't even pick it up because I couldn't write my fucking name because I was on so high. I couldn't sign for it. But they would give me 7000 at a time. <laughs> and you know what? I decided I bought a half a pound of Coke. I got the rest fronted. And I was with somebody, and we were driving out to the Hamptons in Long Island. And my mother lived in Rockville Center, and I was... and. It came up in my mind, this is the exit to see my mom, to give her money that I've been saying I would all these years, and I just drove right by. And in the weird thing, for all the shit I was involved with, this was the one that stuck in me the most. Yeah? I just, I remember it was, seemed as conscious as hell. I remembered the exit, oh, and I just went, just keep driving, you know what I mean? It just, this is, this is where it leads us to, and if you don't see it as foreign, you're going to see it as yourself. And how are you going to be free from you as you? How can a car get out of a car? How can self get out of self? You have to see something about self to escape it. You have to see you're not it. Yeah. So let's at least call it alcoholism or addiction, so that we can see it as not us. Because the whole point of AA, to me, the way I look at the fourth step, other people have a lot of different ideas. It says very clearly, and I'm going to repeat what I said last night, that being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us, we will now look at its common manifestations, and then resentment, and we go over the inventories. I believe one of the main purposes of the inventories is to see how self has defeated us. Yeah? So why? So that we can recognize it. Yeah? And I mean recognize it so when we recognize it, we don't call it me. Yeah? We see it as foreign because this is how it happened with me. I was struck with it. I saw that word self as something totally different than what I am. And then immediately I could entertain, I can be free from that, yeah? Like I could, see like it says in the book, it says you have to abandon, your, abandon yourself to God. 
If if you were self, how could you abandon yourself to God? You'd still be there. Yeah? I mean, when I was out there using, we would abandon cars. Like, we'd have a cheap car, we'd run into a pole, we didn't want to deal with the cops, so we'd just leave it. Yeah? So I abandoned the car. I could walk away from the car. You can't abandon what you are. Yeah? Oh, I'm going to leave Paul at this, you know, this doorstep. And what? There's Paul. I mean, how can I, how can I walk away from Paul as Paul? So I, the way I read it, when he's saying that, you're going to abandon your, meaning the, the self you're claiming to be you, over to God. You're going to turn what you're not over to God. You're not turning yourself over to God. How are you going to do that? All right, I'm turning myself into Paul the cop, as Paul the burglar. Yeah, all right, Paul just received Paul. Where's the abandoning? You know, so this is, yeah, read it. I don't even, it doesn't matter what Bill W. thought he was saying. The book is a living book. You can see so much in it, yeah? So if it says, abandon yourself to God, yeah, abandon that which you're not is to, to God so that it can be revealed that you're not that. Yes? It didn't say abandon Paul to God. It says abandon yourself. And he just says in that other part, self is what has defeated us. Paul is in the category of us. Yeah? So self is a foreign fucking thing that seems to be attached to us, and we're calling it us, and he's saying, hey, listen, that thing you call you, you can abandon <coughs> to God. All right, how do you do it? The steps. Four through nine. Four through nine is the abandoning of the self to God so that God, which is the power greater than it, will neutralize it for how long? A day at a time. Yeah. How long will that go? As ever as you want. Go a day at a time for fucking 40 years. Yes? But the thing is, the idea of seeing it other allows you the possibility. See, I can be free from cancer. I can. My girlfriend had it, and she's not. After they, for five years, if you don't go into remission, they say basically you're free of cancer, right? She had colon cancer, did all the shit, and she arrived at a place where she's free of cancer. Yeah? She's not cancer. Yeah? Yeah. If you, how are you going to be free of you as you? I don't see it. How are you going to be free of alcoholism if you're calling it you? Yeah? That voice that was talking to you to get loaded is still talking to you about this fucking meeting. It's the same voice. That voice, has it changed? Did it sound like a choir master after you got sober? It's the same sound that used to be telling you, fucking get coke, whatever. Now it says, oh, you don't have to go to a meeting, you know, whatever. It's the same, isn't it? It's still, it's still infected with the parasite. It's dormant to an extent, yeah? And it can stay dormant, but you can't, it won't stay dormant as you. There's got to be a separation between what you are and what, it, what you're not. The parasite is not us. This is the whole basis of stabilization of freedom from the bondage of self, in my own experience. Before, because when, it, when I saw it as other than me, I could entertain being free from it, and it actually, life told me I'd been trying to be free as it since I've been six years old. I've been trying to get out of me as me which is impossible. 
but suddenly I saw the me as not me, and then the past, hey, I can be free from not me. I can. And so what happens? And so it will be to some extent. And the extent that it comes up to will be supported by the way of life of recovery. You can have a great experience on Sunday. It will dissipate by Tuesday. Yeah. But by AA, the AA gives you God rails, G-O-D rails, and it, it will allow that surrender to extend in time. And then something could be built where you are. And change will occur, but that change will be directed and it will be called growth. Yes? And you will grow towards the sunlight of the Spirit. And you'll see your real agenda of, to be of maximum use to others. Because you get the greatest benefit in that situation. The greatest benefit comes to you if you're of maximum use to others. People share from AA with time because they've observed these effects. Just like it says here in the book. 62, before we do the third step. This is beautiful, so beautiful. It says, all right, he talks about, this is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. To me, that's the big, most unspoken step of all. Because that's exactly what the parasite's doing. It's playing God. It's using our arena, our auditorium, to run its own fucking show. Yeah? And where it's like, where it's transportation. It's got to get alcohol and drugs, so it, it uses us. We're like the car that drives to the fucking store. But it does the shopping. And you get, <laughs> and you get stuck with the bills. <laughs> this is the how and why of it. The how and why of it. That's an incredible statement. This is the whole thing. The how and the why of it is, first of all, we had to quit playing God. So we did this last night. If that which is playing God, if you're identified as that which is playing God, and you try to quit playing God, that's playing God. <laughs> Ad infinitum. Yes? If you're identified as that which is playing God, and it reads, you got to quit playing God, and then it tries to play God about quit playing God, that's playing God. <laughs> the whole AA way is to see that which is playing God as foreign. Yes? Foreign to you. So it's not like you stop playing God, you see you're not that which is playing God. It's different. It's different. You see that I am not that. Yeah? Because... It's a, just another order you don't have the power to fulfill. You're not going to stop playing God as that which is playing God. So it says, all right, the how and why. First of all, we had to quit playing God. Why? It didn't work. If you're here, not out of volunteering, you know, whatever, it's not working. I mean, no one's sitting around a coffee table planning their next vacation and coming to Milestone. And don't, really, no. Come on, that's, that's a stretch. <laughs> Something's off, you know. So, okay, it's all right. So now it says beautifully, next, next. So really, if you see AA as a linear process, which it is, the 12 steps, this is the most important thing because it says first, quit playing God. Next is the biggest principle of AA. 
But in linear, in linear meaning, first is more important than next. Yeah? So first, the idea of quit playing God. So maybe see alcoholism as foreign to you. Yes? And then next, in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. And it's so cool when God is our director. Not going to be, but is. Yes? God is our director. If you, have, if you practice, if you live AA's way, you're going to come to that observation. God is our director. It won't be God will be. It is. You'll notice it. Just like it's thy will be done will be forgotten. It will be thy will is done. Because you've seen it. You've seen it with your own eyes in your own life and in other people's lives. Keep putting, don't put it off. It's the possibilities now. All this, all the verification of this is your own experience. If you stay with it, you'll verify exactly when the, all the descriptions of the effects of the program, you'll verify by your own experience. You'll see this to be true. So he says, all right, God was going to be our director. He is the principal yeah, we are his children, or we are his agents. He is the father, and we are his children. Most good ideas are simple, yes. And this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we pass to freedom. So this is what he says. This is when the effects start happening. When we sincerely took such a position, all right, so let's take, let's call them two positions. Maybe we've seen alcoholism as something other than us, yeah? And that God is going to now direct us because we realize we've been living under a failed system. See, it's not so much of trusting something infinite, it's not trusting something finite. <laughs> you definitely know trusting something finite doesn't work. Yeah, so let's just negate that. And well, what does it mean to trust something infinite? It means not trusting something finite. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it looks like when you're trusting something infinite. You're not trusting something finite. <laughs> so when we sincerely, so like willingness or humility, You've had a sober assessment, you're fucked, whatever it may be. But that's sincerely, that's the sincerity, yeah? Like I'm all outmatched. There's sincerity there. In humility, there's sincerity. Yeah, you need help. You know, you're outmatched. You need assistance. When we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We could have a week-long event of people getting up to the microphone and sharing some of the remarkable things that have happened to us when we sincerely took this position. Unbelievable, really. Just sincerely take the position. Yeah. We had a new employer being all-powerful. Again, the opposite of the old employer, who's always in a dilemma of powerlessness. Yeah. This new employer, which is, let's call it the head, you know? What's directing the head, really? Being, having a new employer, to me, the directing of the head is the higher power. Yeah, something other than the fucking mental state. All right. We had a new employer, being all-powerful, he provided what we needed. What an incredible promise. If we kept close to him, and you can't be far from everywhere. So you already got one of the requirements met. I mean, how can you be far from that which is omnipresent? 
<laughs> Supposedly God's omnipresent, so you you know you you can mail any letter; it gets to his address. It's everywhere. It's here, right? So we fulfilled that requirement. It's asking one little thing. If we kept close to him and performed his work well, well, let's we could go and you know try to figure out what his work is. Let's just see it as the you know the program of AA. You know, at least. All right, start there. Maybe you'll be informed of more sophisticated, but it's pretty simple. Perform his works well. Be of service, yes? Yeah. Participate in other people's finding relief from this parasite called alcoholism. Because I don't identify with who you are, but I do identify with what's taking you over. We've all lived under the same tyranny. The same parasite has taken us all over. And it overrides all ethnicity or upbringing, all like that. We're all in the fucking same boat. Yeah? All right. He provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. <coughs> when is an assurance going to come over you of this? Yeah? When do you start either, either fake it till you make it? But get it, we're in good hands. Yeah? We're in good hands. The statement's very clear. Just perform this works well. Do no harm, be available to other people. Yes? Establish, and then he goes, all right, then something happens if you stick with it. Yeah? You get established, which is different than sincerely take. You get established on such a footing. Yeah? We become less and less interested in ourselves. That's basically the second wave. The first wave to me is seeing your role in things. And the next big wave is you start losing interest in self. Yes? Doesn't mean you're losing, you're really gaining a lot of interest in what you are, but you're, you're losing interest in what you're not which you've been calling you, yes? Yeah, that's the fucking effect of the program. We became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. And it's so cool because when in your, in your head, every plan and design is big. So he puts, this, he puts a little jab there, and you're fucking little. I would have put fucking little plans. But he's nice, so he says little plans and designs. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> Our little plans and designs, and more and more we become interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. This is just a description through observation. They observe this is the effect that happens when they get involved in the program. This isn't like some hopeful wish, it's an observation. They saw that they lost interest in themselves and they gained interest in life and, and what they could contribute to it. This is all they're reporting back. It's like someone who took a seven-mile hike and they can tell you where all the fucking, you know, stops are because they've been on it. They've seen it. Yeah. Established on such a footing, we become less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we become interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flowing, this is, this is when 
your wiring has been fucking redone. Now you're actually getting ampage. So when you make a commitment, you show up for the commitment. When you say, hey, I'm not going to do after you while you're doing the nine step, and you say to that person, my intention is never to do to someone else what I've done to you. There's some power behind it. You've got some juice, finally. Yeah? So you're feeling this new power flow in. Now, it doesn't stop and stay. It flows. To me, I believe you have this by giving it away, and it's more of the passing on is preceded by passing through. That which you pass on passes through. A lot of people have too many years and not enough days. Yeah, They think they've had something by numbers. This thing is not had, it's given away, and that's how you have it. And giving away isn't just a rote way, it's just all day. Yeah? Does the sun go out trying to give it away? It's just its nature to expand, yeah, and to light up. It's not trying to do anything, that's its nature. Well, our nature, our spirit is expansive, and it's of light. And you're going to affect people maybe by not saying much, because you'll be holding the certainty that they may not be certain about. That's being of service. So it says here, all right, as we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, what an incredible fucking gift. There's peace of mind available, but we're not available to enjoy it. Yeah? Peace of mind is available. But we, we're seemingly, because we're crippled by the parasite, incapable of enjoying it. Yeah? Can you imagine if somebody could guarantee this would happen? They could charge you fucking 100,000 bucks. <laughs> for a Friday night. But all of us paid a whole lot more to hear it now. We paid a whole lot more than 100,000 bucks. More and more we become interested in seeing what can true. As we felt new power flow in, as you can feel it right now. I mean, it's not like, oh, I felt new power flow in 1994. No. It's a verb, as you're feeling new power flow in. Yes. That's the, this isn't a dead fucking thing. You don't have recovery. It's a verb. Yes, it's verbing. As we felt new power flow, I'm going to just keep saying that. As we felt new power flow in, as we felt new power flow, as we felt new power flow, as we felt new power flow, that's the point of enjoying peace of mind. At the same time, enjoying peace of mind, power, enjoying peace of mind. It could just stop here and just repeat every page. As we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully. That's what AA as a society allows, in my view. I remember, I make a joke of it, but I always, I haven't used it in a while. I remember my first year, I went to my first AA dance, which was my last AA dance. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of beer, I was using Calistoga as my defense, just drinking tons of fucking water. And we were at the dance, and we were on the men's side, and there was the women's side, and nothing was happening. Dead, like a dead man zoning here. A little fucking disco ball. So some of the people say, Paul, 
why don't you go over there and ask someone out? And it was someone I was keen on. I never talked to them, but I was sort of keen on them. So I decided, and it was like, you know, being self-centered, you're crossing no man's land, everyone's <laughs> looking at you. And, you know, my whole strategy of life, I was so petrified of, his, of rejection, I w it led me not trying anything, really. I mean, I drank and did drugs, but I wouldn't try fucking anything else. So that fear of rejection, I hadn't been facing life successfully around that, so I went over there. And I got over to the other side, and I went up to her, and I asked her to dance, and she said no. Yeah? So there's the rejection. <laughs> then the, of course, it was like a minefield. Back to my army. They all look laughing at me. The, the disco ball is like a spotlight on me. And I walked there, but I got back, and it didn't kill me. And I, I, I learned I could face life successfully. I could learn to face rejection successfully. Yeah, and that's I've learned a lot in this little safe environment of AA, a whole lot. And this is what this is all, what it's saying. As we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of His presence. Hmm. There's an all ever, at all times, always available, right where you are, presence. It doesn't mean squat unless you're aware of it. It really doesn't. Yeah? It can be always available at all times, right where you are, with no requirement necessary, and you could be in the act of missing it all day mm -hmm. if you're up the ass or so. You can. Yeah? AA takes us out. AA is like a great divine proctologist. It pulls, it the ass of your head, pulls you out of the ass of self, and it gives you a life to stay out of the ass of self. Yeah? Yeah. And then what happens when you're out of the ass of self? You sense a conscious presence. Yeah? I would say it's of you, really. I think we are spirit. Yeah? You may want to call it God's presence, but I think God's presence and yours presence are at the same place at the same time. I can't see the difference, really. As we became conscious of his presence, so now I'm aware of being aware. Yeah, pretty cool, really. We began, uh, we became, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, and the hereafter. We were reborn. Isn't that incredible? A transformation that's talked about in the fear inventory. Perhaps there's a better way. Instead of trusting some, something finite ahead, trusting something infinite. And in that process, you'll have a reborn. You'll be reborn. You'll be reborn or really backly backborn into your inherent state, which is spirit to me. Really. You won't be, and the body continues, but you won't be in the mental state completely. The disease, and I do not believe there's a spiritual malady. I think it's a mental malady. I don't think spirit has maladies. I really don't. I don't think spirit gets a sore throat because it doesn't have a throat. Yeah? So I think the mental, is, the mental is the malady that we're suffering from. And I truly believe the mental state has most of our interest and attention. 
building. So we're almost like those dogs when they have mange or something, they put those cones on. We're sort of like living in a satellite dish, you know, just picking up paper. And so when you were a kid, you, oh, were, you were smelling, touching, putting things in your mouth. You were consciously alive. Most of us are living an interpretation of life, really. You know, we think we know what's going to be like, what it was like. It's like, why turn the fucking page? You've written the whole fucking thing. <laughs> As an addict and alcoholic, you know the ending. You do. You know the fucking ending. All right, so that's just before step three. That's just before step three. So we were now at step three. Many of us said to our maker, as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee, to build with me and to do with me as thy will. Relieve me of the bondage of self. Yeah. Why? That I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties so I can have a house in Malibu. No, it doesn't say that. <laughs> that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Why not see that you are doing its will always? We thought well before taking this step. I'd cut out the thought well, really. Just take the step. Yeah. Let's say, yeah, taking the step, making sure we were making sure we were ready that we could at least abandon ourselves utterly to him. Yeah, because that self we're abandoning is in us. That's why it says first, you've got to quit playing God, because if you don't, that which is playing God will be saying it's doing the surrendering. And if it does, you're going to have the experience of surrender, of taking it back, surrender, taking it back, surrender, taking it back. Yes? You'll be the bigger God in it. You'll say, oh, I surrender to God, but you'll be surrendering to God as God, a bigger God, the one that's being played in the head. So you will have the right to take it back. That's not surrender. Surrender is a sober fucking assessment of your limitations. And I don't believe you can conceptually arrive there. It has to be given to you as an experience. It's happened with me. Now I know what surrender is so I can entertain it. But if you don't know what it is, how can you entertain it? All you can entertain is your idea of it. Like, my idea of surrender would be on a cliff with the wind blowing in my long hair, with girlfriends and ex-girlfriends looking at me adoringly, Paul surrendering. No, surrendering is to do the fourth step. Go home and start fucking writing. What? Yeah. No, it's not a big production. That's the surrender. The surrender is, I'm fucked. Yeah. I'm going to submit myself to be changed, so I'm going to take the suggestions and do what they've said, yeah, and see what happens. And I bet you, these things that are being described here, you will have an intimate experience of them in your own way, yeah? Because what's being treated isn't Bill, Paul, Mary, Sue. What's being removed is alcoholism, yeah? So the results look very similar for everyone because it's the one parasite that's being removed. Not removed, but weakened, yeah? So then, then the descriptions sound very familiar because it isn't thousands of us changing, it's some one thing getting taken off, yeah? So. Hmm. <laughs> 
you know, since I was a kid with this thing, this thing dominated my life, alcoholism. Mm -hmm. This parasite rode me to unbelievable places. You know, I got run over twice in one night. <laughs> I lived in a hospital bed for 10 months, right? Mm -hmm. it's three by seven feet, seven feet long, about three feet wide. That's all I, and I got in wheelchairs after about four months. And then that was it. Was that self there suffering? No. It was hovering above, critiquing. Oh, look at what you fucking did. <laughs> I mean, it won't let up. It's just like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yeah. So. I cannot believe the relief that's occurred and stabilized. And it's all based on that power and it's expressed through AA. Without a way of life, it would have just blown like a puff of smoke. Yeah? It would have been gone by the weekend. But AA has extended it for 31 years. It's incredible. We don't do service, we need service. You need to do service. It's in our triangle. You need it. It's not like, oh, maybe I'll do something. You need it because of the disease we have. Mm -hmm. The disease we have is we're obsessed with what we think we are. So you have to have your attention pulled out of there so you can feel what it's like to be freed from that bondage, you know? And service is the way it happens. And the same thing as listening to people at meetings putting your attention on the speaker, yeah? Because it pulls the attention out of that fucking orbit called self-centeredness. And we need to have it pulled out or it's going to collapse on us like a fucking dark star, like a black hole, yeah? You're going to be all that you fucking think about. This isn't, yeah. These, they're called suggestions, and they are. But man, the wisest people see the value in service and getting commitments, all that, participating. I remember when I started to feel something, I didn't know what it was. And after about six months, I put a name on it. I said, I feel like I belong. Yeah? I had been so far, it was so long since I felt it. I didn't know what it was for months. And I could finally say, man, I feel like I belong. And you know what? It was a fucking healthy, wholesome fucking feeling. Yeah? And you just AA simple, not too much philosophy. Do esteemable acts and you'll feel better about yourself. Yeah? In the beginning, you do right action produces the thought, not thought about and then right action. So we do because this is primarily about the action figure. The action figure's been taken over by a parasite. Yeah. Yeah, so any questions tonight? Yes. Well, for that personal thank you for today and last night, uh, really, uh, my brain sort of ready to explode from much things I'm thinking about. But uh, you know, when we do when we do the inventories, we're told to look for character defects. Character defects, or is that just another manifestation of self? I would say, well, certain everything, the action figure has its limitations. So you could say the character defects. What's the, the thing of self is there'll be the claiming to be the one that has the character defect is a huge character defect. See, that's how I see it, yeah? 
the character defects is like a Toyota. A Toyota has probably some character defects. Like if you looked at all Toyotas, maybe they don't have a good turn radius, yes? Or they don't stop well, you know what I mean? Or they, the air conditioner doesn't work. Those things are built into the action figure. I'm talking about the unbelievable obsession over the character defects, yes? Or, on the other hand, trying to deny them so much, they become bigger and bigger, yeah? Because the way the mental state likes to deal with things is denying them, yeah? And it, you think it's out of the way, but actually you give more reality to it by trying to make it unreal than if you ever would let it be as real as real could be. That's what happened with me in AA. I came in here, and I had been avoiding so much shit. I tried to make so much shit I thought was so real, unreal, and I made it as real as real can be. AA allowed it to finally catch up to me, and when it landed, it was allowed to be as real as it wanted to be, and then it was seen to be unreal. Yeah? So the character defect, they're all, let's say, a minor little thing maybe, but then when there's obsession involved in it, it's a huge fucking thing. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Um, how do you know the difference between, like, God's will and self-will? Like, just with, like, little things, like... I'm not, in, I'm not into the God will, self will thing. Just see, just recognize what self is to you, and that's pretty much God's will. See it. See what you're not. See self will. Don't fucking think about God's will. Yeah? You can recognize. Don't you have a feeling after you've been sober a while when, uh, especially you're like, I, I don't think I'll need to share this with anyone. You know, you can sort of tell when the fucking thing is uh, sending a certain uh, <laughs> a direction. Yes? I mean, it's not that lost. So you start recognizing what self wills is, and then the other shit will follow. Yeah? Yes. I would say that. God's will, I don't get into any of that. I really don't. You'll know in your gut. Yeah? And it says like, oh, you'll think that it's God's will and you'll be mistaken, but that's a learning also. So you'll see. Yeah? You'll find out. And to me, you will get, you'll be returned to being able to trust your own gut after a while. You'll, be, you'll come off your own probation sooner or later. To me, it was about four years, because I didn't trust myself as far as I could throw myself. So I was really, my AA was like, my sphincter was tight all the time. I'm going to fucking do something. It was. And then suddenly I got more comfortable and realized I was in good hands, and I came off of probation. Yeah? And then I started, you know, you're not two levels below a coconut, you know? You'll pick shit up. Yeah, and you'll see the sense of intuition is much different than a line of thought. Yeah, it's more like a bing. Yeah, and they may and you may not follow it many times, but then if you follow what happened when you didn't follow it, you see, man, I should have followed it. Yeah, so then you start getting like taught almost to to rely on that intuitive thought. Yes, because you start seeing something working in your life through you and through others. Yeah, it's beautiful, really. It's a beautiful, it's just a beautiful, uh, you know, that thing, come to, come to believe and come, yeah, it's just a beautiful thing to watch. Because many of us, in alcoholism, you, the people's eyes are dead, you know, you ever see them? There's something ravenous behind it, but uh, it's not light. 
that's for sure. Yeah. 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 Hey, Paul. Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, what do you like about what has changed about you in the last year? What do I like about it? Uh, <clears throat> That it's not even noted what has changed. <laughs> I've lost interest in my own condition. <laughs> tell you the truth, you ask me at any moment, I couldn't tell you how I'm feeling because I don't care really. <laughs> I just don't. So to me, the, the, the great effects won't be noticed anymore. To me, that's just like if someone's humble, they don't know they're humble. Yes? Yeah, you don't need an observation to know what's going on. You can just be in it. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't take my my pulse every ten minutes. <laughs> I know I'm in good hands, and I'm like a, you know, I'm like a cow grazing. I'm not burning houses down. Or anything. <laughs> so when I was out there, I should have been highly observant, which I wasn't. <laughs> now that I'm here, you want to be highly observant? There's not much to observe. You know, I do the same fucking thing pretty much. Every day. <laughs> What's he up to? Not much. Yeah. You know what I mean? I lost interest in self, so I don't really care. You know, I care if I'm sick or something, but I don't care, you know, oh, how am I feeling? Am I feeling my optimum condition? I don't <laughs> to me, I see a certain level of maintenance for the action figure, and then I really like the word enough here, you know? I like the word enough. So you arrive uh, like when you're like when your tanks have been met and they've hit a there's like a little gauge and it says enough, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you just things are cool, and then your mind can go other places. You don't have to be watching. You know what I mean? Like uh, there's a story about these two famous writers. And they go to a guy, and he has this incredible opulent house, and it's growing over. And they're both this. The one guy's describing it to the other guy. Look at this. this look at this, this. Look at like this. Uh, look at what this guy has. And the other author says, "Well, I have enough." Yeah, I like that. Yeah, <clears throat> enough is something that people who have AA for a while can now. There's a satisfaction and contentment as a starting point, not as a goal. Yeah. A starting point. You're content. You're chilled out. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. All right. Well. Any other questions? Yes, sir. Oh yes. Um, I'm Tom, and. Uh, and I'm reluctant to say I'm an alcoholic. I've been reluctant to say I'm an alcoholic. I've been saying I'm an alcoholic since I was uh, 14 years old. Yeah. And, uh, so, so I'm not myself. No. Or, or I am. It's um, I'm not my body. I'm not my mind. I'm going through something now that's um, it's very interesting, um, where I'm not attached to the pleasant of your attention to me or the unpleasant attention yeah. um, the the emphasis that I put on um, on either 
or over the years has been um, not necessarily uh, healthy. Huh? So, what am I trying to say? Um, yes, we're waiting. I go see this gal and she says, how was your week? I'm like, does it matter? And then people being nice have conversation and catch up and maybe we can reflect and see what we learned. And, but it really doesn't matter right now. No. How a minute ago was, huh? So um, it's nice to hear you. I, I can, I can uh, identify with a lot, but I know that I'm just scratching the surface and that I'm not what I perceive. It's like this one guy I listened to talks about the memory uh, uh, distorts 30% of our perception. Yeah, sure. Right? Yes, yeah. And, um, and if we could cut that out, we'd see things much differently. Um, <coughs> Of which I've been, uh, I've been experiencing some seven-year-old stuff again, which is really nice. Just that exuberant, I'm excited about the next minute. Yeah. Um, but I will say this, I don't know how long ago it was, I thought it was a lot longer, but I heard you um, maybe 15 years ago talk about what's not happening. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, that was the theme back then, and I really, I got a lot from yes, that. Yes, what's not happening? Is what's happening a lot of the times between our ears. <laughs> not a lot of the times, all the time. <laughs> I, forget, I forget that stuff, but yeah. yeah. That's the best with kids. The kids get that really well. And then they used to turn it on my girlfriend, their mom. When she was starting to say something to them, the kids would go, that's not happening, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> they get it very clearly. Yeah, yeah, the what's not happening was a way of, uh, yeah, you're just trying to paint pictures. Because the best way to, to communicate is imagery. Yeah? If words can incite an image, that's worth a lot more wor than words. And really, that's how real communication to me is, is more imagery. So, the what's not happening was so obvious, it's beautiful, because really, the mental state, which where the, is where the problem resides, the mental state is made up of time, yeah? And the emphasis is not of, on this moment, it's on past and future. And so, it gathers, most of its dwelling is in past and future. It can only do it now, because that's all there is, but it doesn't surrender to now, it uses now to think of yesterday and tomorrow. And so if you look at it, you have to see that that's an interpretive vehicle of life's happening to me, yeah, obviously, yes? If life happened to me, life's going to be happened to me, yeah? It's, it's an interpretation of life. So the mental state is interpreting life in this moment but it's turping it in I was and I will be. So, uh, I mean, these basic things, not being noticed, set, it's sort of like you believe you're going on a course to arrive somewhere. The first step is off, yeah? So let's say the first step is so incrementally off, you can't see it, but if you follow it and you take 800,000 steps, it's gonna be a huge fucking arc, yeah? This is what happens. Most of us are dwelling in what's not happening, and what we're calling fear is really produced by mental anxiety. 
yeah? And how it's produced, if you want to know how it's produced, there is a force of what we are called faith. I'm not talking about a faith in something like Christianity or you know, Buddhism or whatever. I'm talking about an energy, as Jesus would try to imply it with, as you believe, so it is. You have the faith the size of a mustard seed. You can move mountains. Well, we do have faith like that, yeah? So that faith, we are, most of us as addicts and alcoholics, are the effect of faith in the thought system. So we have been, we have been under the spell of false evidence constantly appearing real, which dictates how we're going to react, but the reality of it is made up, yes? So I'm acting like there's a five-alarm fire when there's not even smoke, yes? Quite a lot. And it's producing the sense of fear, the physiological feelings, but there's no apparent threat. It's all happening in a little porno theater up here. <laughs> and really, the marquee is, what's not happening? <laughs> it's what's not happening, really. And so, how are you going to solve, how can you have a solution to what's not happening? That would make it more what's happening. <laughs> the thing is, if you look at what's not happening, what's, a, what's allowing what's not happening to happen is what's happening. Where what's happening. Yeah? Like it or not, where what's happening. And as what's happening, if we're incredibly engaged in what's not happening, what's not happening will override what's happening. Yeah? And then we'll be in a weird position thinking, I've got to learn how to get into the moment when you've never been out of a moment. You are what's happening, which is the moment. But we're so believing in the fact that we could not be here, we're trying to get here, which is reinforcing the idea that you cannot be here. And the same way, we're trying to get out of self when you're not in self. So it's like bizarro world. We're trying to get into what we can't be out of, which is the moment, and we're trying to get out of what we can't be in, which is self. It's not going to go well. <laughs> I mean, fundamentally, you can bring in all the particulars. Fundamentally, it's not going to go well. You know, if you have like the the steering wheel in the back seat, it's probably not going to go well. You wouldn't have to go. Well, there's tons of stories. What? Just, all you had to do is hear that. Oh, fuck, that ain't gonna go far. Yeah. So this is, this is it for me. What's caught, see, because the, the parasite lives in what's not happening, yeah? Because you're pictured as you in your memories as a body. You wanna get to it, get down to it, all right. Here's just a little bit of something else, all right. I don't know how many mental processes there are, but I'm going to talk about three. So memory, okay? Everyone has a feeling of memory. You remember yourself in Hawaii, like last month or something. All right, so when you, there's a memory of you, what, what is the you pictured as but a body, yeah? You can't remember you as a spirit a year ago. You can't say, oh, there I am as a spirit somewhere in Hawaii. You know? <laughs> I mean, I can picture myself on the beach as a body. So the memory system pictures us as a body. Mm -hmm. Yes? Mm -hmm. Not as spirit, as a body. All right? Now, perception, 
the perceptions we're having see things. We don't see no thing. See all the spaces in the room? We don't see that. You can sense it, but you don't see it. But you're seeing things. So the perceptions are programmed to see things, not programmed to see no thing. So we see things, bodies, yes? Mm -hmm. So, all right, so perceptions, see bodies, memory, your picture as a body, the thought system holds you as a body, yeah? How does it hold you as the body? It claims you're the thinker, yeah? And for the thinker to be stuck on something, it's stuck on our body. So when, you, when there's a thought and there's a noticing of a thought, there's a feeling that you're the thinker, yes, of those thoughts, and the thinker is pictured as a body. Your mind's in imagery, yeah? So everything we're relying on pictures us as a body. And then you hear that you have to have a spiritual condition as a body. That's like trying to put water and oil together, yeah? What would happen if you just saw, this is not a denial of the body. Actually, the body will do so much better when it isn't held as the center of the universe. It really will. I mean, the body can't take the responsibility of being everything. It's really fucking too much for it. It'd much rather not be thought about that much, really. You know, it's farting, it's smelling, it's fucking got pimples coming out. You know, it doesn't really need, like, constant observation going over and over. You know, it's messy. It is. It's got haliotosis or something, whatever. So the lifting of that... When it's seen not to be you, just as an idea, there'll be more interest and attention put somewhere else other than you as a body, maybe in spirit, who knows? And you know, the only place spirit dwells is the present. Yes? If you wanna, if you wanna, if you wanna uh, miss God, go in the future and the past. It's not there. You'll be the god of the past and the future. And that's exactly what selfing's doing. It's playing god in time. And the only time there is is now. And no matter when you arrive somewhere, it's going to be called here. Yeah? And when is it going to happen? Now. There's no escape from here and now. Yet we believe we are escaping from it all fucking day. It's absurd. You, you are sitting here thinking, oh, I'm not here, I'm thinking about something, but the surveillance cameras have you here. <laughs> you've been at every moment you've been in, every moment. Oh, but I was so spaced out. It doesn't mean, it doesn't move you. No matter how much you think about next, next, last Wednesday, you never go back to last Wednesday. There's no last Wednesday. Last Wednesday's never going to intrude on today's Sunday. Never, ever. It doesn't even leak. Nowhere close. There's no, we got to be hermetically sealed. Just keep all the other days out. No, there's no other days. They're all being entertained in here. Labradors don't think about next week. They don't. Look at a Labrador. You throw the ball once, they're super stoked. 800 times a super stoked. You see us, we see a beautiful thing. And then the next time you see, oh, I've seen that already. And then a lot of people would like to be like a dog. Come on, that's unbelievable. Fuck. I mean, they're cool, but Jesus Christ, we have a much larger spectrum. We can be aware of being aware. They can't. Yeah.
All right, I think that's it, eh, for today? Thank you. Thank you. It's Game of Thrones today. <laughs>